the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Total Financial Hour is sponsored by TFS Financial Insurance Services and Total Financial Solutions, Inc. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halabi, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategy. Strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being part of the Total Financial Hour. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I'm here for Halby. Thanks for being a part of it. it. Look, this is a big deal because uh, we are now into 2024. I don't think it's appropriate to say Happy New Year anymore, even though I did just, I think, yesterday or the day before. But but I think it's over. I think the two-week mark is where you stop saying that. I know. Now it's 2024. Well, what are we doing in 2024, financially speaking? Now is the time. Everybody does the, the diets. I want to save uh, calories. I want to... Burn more calories. I want to run more, exercise more, do this less. How about spending less? Wouldn't that be interesting? How about not spending the same amount of money that you spent last year? Now you're going to say, air of inflation, air if you don't understand, my kids, the cost of everything. Look, there are ways to cut back. Now, if you've ever listened to me for more than 10 minutes, you know that there's zero opportunity for you to ever uh, expect to have wealth by cutting coupons. It's just not going to happen. There's no such thing as going below zero. Nobody's going to pay you to not spend money, right? That's a big deal. I think you have to realize that a big part of your life is about trying to figure out making more money and not spending as much. Now, you might say, isn't that the same as cutting coupons? Not necessarily, because your food, shelter, clothing, you see, when people cut coupons, they just spend the money somewhere else. So you might spend, oh, I saved a dollar on this over here, but you spent a dollar more over here. It's kind of like when people go on a diet, they lose all this weight, and as soon as the diet is over, uh, we overeat. I put me into that category coming off of Thanksgiving and Christmas with all of our treats, and right? So it isn't just cutting coupons. It's changing behavior. It's creating wealth. So many people think the answer is to create wealth is by putting it into the stock market. Okay, that's a part of it. How about real estate? Well, that's a big part of it. How about savings accounts? Okay, good. Gold? Yeah. I don't think you should ever do 100% of everything 
or almost never do 100% of nothing. Meaning your personality is going to change along the way. You're going to have a bit more risk. You're going to have less risk. All right, when I was single, living in my parents' garage, it was a, a, I don't know, I was probably a police officer about a year and a half, living at home, saving money so that my wife, so one day I could get married and my wife and I could buy a house. Right, what did I do? It was very simple. I worked a lot. I had a lot more tolerance for risk. I didn't have a wife to worry about. My parents, thank goodness, didn't charge me rent. They said, listen, if you're working and saving, you can stay here, right? That's a different personality type. A lot of people don't realize that that step-by-step, you can become wealthy. Because a lot of times, the step-by-step approach that we make, it's that first step that's the hardest, right? So cutting coupons, does that make a difference? No, it doesn't. Not if you're not going to save the money. If you're going to spend it in somewhere else, just don't do it. Because then you trick yourself. And I think being honest with yourself is a lot more important than playing this game of uh, look at what I have, look at how, how righteous I am, right? We all see it. Just go to the West Side. There's a lot of good people on the West Side, wealthy people, successful people. But more and more, if you drive down in the morning, certainly on a weekend or a holiday, some of these outdoor cafes, the weather's nice. Look in Santa Monica, West. What do you see? People with $500 sunglasses, $300 hairdos, <laughs> purses. I know, I've seen it. I've driven by and you look. And certainly some of them are wealthy, but the others are saying, look at my purse. Look at my sunglasses. It's the outward appearance that matters to many people. Right? The wealthiest among us, you, you walk down the street and they're not buying from, from the thrift store. I mean, there are certainly quirky people that do that. But the wealthiest among us are not those folks. What are they doing? They're buying when things are on sale or they're just not buying the most expensive of anything. And it isn't because they can't. It's because they understand the value of money. All right, so why do I transition into this? Credit card debt, 56 million people. 56 million people are currently one year behind and late on their payments for their debt, right? That means delinquent. That means not paying it. They're delinquent on their debt. You understand that? 56 million people. That's just about like an entire population group. So what happens to that with 36? Let's see. Let's here we go. Ready? 30% of Americans are behind on debt payments in the largest metro areas. It's a study that finds that consumers are falling behind on debts like credit cards, auto loans, mortgages, and student loans. Americans hold a record of $17.29 trillion in debt last year. Mostly mortgages, about $11 trillion of it is mortgages, I get it. Student loan balances about $1.7, almost two. You have to look at this and wonder to yourself, are these people walking along in life and expecting themselves to just one day have the government forgive? No, because when you go bankrupt, it's slow, slow process, one swipe at a time. And then it's all of the sudden, right? You've heard of the, the story, the straw that breaks the camel's back. How old is that story? 
what it means is the camel is fine as they load up the camel to cross the 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 spice road uh, spice road right the through india and, and saudi arabia and they load up these camels and they carry a good uh i don't know what they would call it, it wouldn't be a shepherd but a good person that is running running the the camel train right what do they know exactly how much each camel can weigh can can handle because you don't want to underdo it because it's about money you're going to make more money on the other end but if you're not if you're not understanding it and you load up the camels too much all it takes is one more and that's it it's over camel is no use to you it's the same as you imagine the stress that we have in life when you walk along it doesn't matter how much you make by the way I've had clients in my office that make $25,000 a month. Arif, I don't know how people can live in LA making less than 250000 a year. We're barely getting by. I've had clients in my office making $6,000 a month. Arif, I don't know how people can do it if you don't make at least 6000 a month. I had a gentleman in my office make $5,000 a month. He's like, Arif, there's so much money left over. Life is amazing. I'm like, oh my gosh, three hours ago, you just missed this person that came in. So remove from your mind, oh, one is good, one is bad, this person's righteous, this person's evil. That is not the way it goes. It's choices, which should be, look, when I learned this, and it was uh, part of the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book, you guys know that if, you, if you've listened to us. By the way, we just hit, uh, I think today is 20 years on the radio. i got to look back. If 20 years ago was a Tuesday, that was the very first time we were on the radio. I think it was the 14th or the 12th, something like that in January. 20 years on the radio. It's kind of cool. But if you go back and look, what I used to find is that people would, would associate the ability for wealth or success or whatever that, you know, whatever that thing is with good and bad. And if you try to tell people about it, if you try to say, Hey, listen, here's what you can do. Oh my gosh, this is exciting. Maybe you, you figured the cure for cancer. Imagine, would you tell the world about it? Probably you would tell a lot of people, Hey, listen up. This is a good news. Oh, you healthist. Oh, you diseaseist. Why are you telling the world about the cure of cancer? <laughs> right? You try to tell the world about uh, financial stuff, like 1997, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. Boy, did they beat him up. Call him names and say he was all sorts of bad and evil things. And he's like, listen, I'm just telling you. And then they would go through his book and point out the grammar mistakes or or the, you know, some of the words that weren't very sophisticated. And I remember hearing him talk one time. He was gets off stage, stage and an older lady comes and she says, you know, I'm a retired college English professor and your book is not well written. He said, ma'am, take a look at the cover. And he turned it over. He said, you see how it says number one bestseller, not number one best written. You care about best written. That's why nobody reads your books. Mine is a, a bestseller because it's what people want to hear. It's what people need to hear. I heard that and, and listen, a million people heard that same story at the same time. Some of us it impacted, most people it didn't. Like you listening to me now. Some of you are going to still find excuses why you think cutting coupons is the way to, to get success. It isn't. It has nothing. Say, yeah, if I saved money on this, so what? What did you do with the other dollars? 56 million people in delinquent credit card debt. Delinquent consumer debt. 
late car payments hitting near record all-time highs. Look, if you have a choice, remember, you can't drive your house, you can't drive your apartment, but you can live in your car. I had somebody share that with me recently, and I go, oh, that's kind of interesting. I, I, I don't know if I would do that. Listen, you can take public transportation and still have a warm place to live. Maybe that's the answer, especially when it gets a bit chilly. So maybe living in your car is not the answer, although right now, in Southern California especially, it's kind of nouveau riche, isn't it? Everybody's got their cross to bear. And take a look at these motorhomes stealing electricity, running electric. Oh, don't we feel bad for them? No, I feel bad that they're crack addicts. I feel bad that they're fentanyl addicts. And I would tell them, you have a choice. You enter rehab. And listen, we are a society. We will help you. You need assistance. Got it. We're here for you. And if not, you don't get to live on the streets. You don't get to go to the bathroom on city sidewalks or in public parks so that our kids that we paid for those parks, why is it that you get to listen? You can go play there. You can go have a picnic there. Of course I have a picnic. You have a picnic, but you don't get to sleep in the park, right? No more than I get to sleep in the park. It's wrong, but you removed one, the stigma. Cause we don't make you feel bad. Your feelings matter. Listen to your family, your feelings should matter because they care about you. Dollars, money, society. It's not their job to care about you. It's not society's job to worry about your feelings. Why? Because when you do that as a government or a society, what do you get? You get a hundred people, a hundred different feelings. So what is government going to do? Address these feelings or address those feelings? Is it the comp is it a company's job to worry about your feelings? No, it is not. The company's job is what? Ready, ready? Make money, sell their product. That's it. Okay, they do it honorably. They better. They have to follow the laws. Yeah. But do they care about hurting your feelings? They should not. It's not their job. They took off Aunt Jemima. They took the Indian off Lando Lakes. You realize how asinine that is? A baking competition. Ready? A baking company, you're not going to believe this, 100% racist. If you still use this flour company, this baking company, you are insane. You are a racist supporter. You understand that? Baking company host competition, barring white participants. The winner of the competition will be entitled to $10,000 cash prize, but only those designated as, quote, people of color. A Vermont-based baking company where racism is born through Ben & Jerry's, by the way. A Vermont-based baking company is under fire for hosting a competition that barred white participants and contestants to attempt to foster greater inclusivity. Okay, let's be clear. If I steal from you, it doesn't help stop stealing if I punch you, it does not help stop violence. Do you get it? If I'm racist against you, it does not help stop. Come on, class, fill it in. Racism. 
Oh, Eric, if you say that because you have privilege. Yeah, you know what? I felt very privileged when I was working 20, 22 hours a day sleeping in my car. Yeah, yeah, I love privilege. When I looked around, I said, boy, this is privilege. I love it when I got financially scammed and I had to start over. I love it when when I made mistakes, big mistakes, little mistakes, huge mistakes. Yeah, I I felt privileged the whole time. Honestly, the place I felt privileged was was having loving, honest, honorable parents. That's the privilege. Maybe that's the secret to success, having parents that actually are decent human beings, having a family that is, wow, wait, wait a second, wait a second, decent. What? That's probably the privilege. Anything else? Let's go back a little bit, kids, in the 70s, having a name like Arif. Maybe you can remember back. Uh, was it a thousand days, the Iran hostage affair? Remember that? Kids in the neighborhood, let our hostages go. I go, you don't even understand the difference between Arabs and Persians, right? I'm 11 or 12 years old. I'm like, I understand Arabs. There's like 29 Arab countries. The border between Arab countries and the stands, like Iran, Pakistan, Afghanistan, even India. It's Iraq-Iran border. So Iran isn't even part of it. It's like going to the Irish and saying, let my South American, let my uh, El Salvadorian people go. But wait, aren't you Irish? Yeah, but let them go. Okay, but did 10 and 12 and 15-year-old kids know it? No. Oh, but I felt privileged. Ooh, did I feel privileged. Couldn't play outside. Felt privileged. Remember that? Yep. What'd my mom say? Oh, Arif, feel so sorry for you. Arif, it's okay. No. She said, those kids are stupid, Arif. You don't have to listen to them. You can find other friends. I was like, really? Yeah. Okay. Of course I was sad. You're 11 and 12 years old. But in the end, let's think about this for a minute. Who's laughing? Ooh. I'm not. I'm going to try not to be a jerk about it, but I, but I I know them now. They're nice people, probably. I hope. But with, but financially, family, success, happiness. Mm, I think I win on that story. So when you have jerks that are family, when you have jerks at the end of the story, that don't seem to understand that racism is bad, and and you transpose this financial feeling along with financial dollars numbers you get a vermont based baking company thinking that it's okay to 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 do racism so that people can end up what not feeling racist king arthur flower specifies their use of terms people of color Ready? King Arthur Flower, racist company. I would say racist pigs, but I don't know if you can say that on the radio, but let's just go with it. Racist pigs, King Arthur Flower. People of color, you racist. Here it is. Defined as Asian or Pacific Islander, black or African American, Hispanic or Latinx, which doesn't really exist by the word. By the way, just so you know, Latinx is a left-wing word. Indigenous or native people, Middle Eastern or North African. Okay, so listen, great news. I just want you to know that Elizabeth Warren can still run her baking uh, (laughs) contest. She can enter because it says indigenous or Native American. Right? You can go back, guys. I told you we just hit 20 years on the radio. I would say 10, maybe 15, 
I'm trying to think of where, where my office was at the time. It, it has to be at least 10 years ago, probably 12 or 15 years ago when I started uh, kind of uncovering some of this. And ready? Harvard was doing separate dorms and black graduations. Harvard and Yale, quote, the, uh, the most educated amongst us. Yes. Can you understand that? They were having black dorms. How do you do that? And and if you're black and you believe Martin Luther King, by the way, is coming up. I don't know if you know that. Um, let's think about it tomorrow. Martin Luther King and BLM cannot coexist. Martin Luther King and Antifa are opposite, extreme opposite sides of the equation. You don't believe me? How about somebody that knew him, talked to him, and was related to him? Right? Alveda King. Dr. Alveda King. Why didn't you talk to her or listen to her speak or read her book? She's quite a bit. I love her book on how uh, Martin Luther King and her dad, Dr. A.D. King, were struggling. Struggling like an honest and decent person. Listen, I didn't say he was perfect. I didn't say he wasn't a womanizer or messed around on his wife. Listen, Dr. King, don't give me marital advice. Thank you. Next. But I love, what do I love? How they struggled with the idea of peaceful protest and Reggie and, uh, Reggie Jackson. Wow. Jesse Jackson. <laughs> Poor Reggie. Jesse Jackson would come in. Yeah, Jesse. Remember Reggie Jackson? Uh, what I care about is the situation allegation of the... Remember him? Jesse Jackson? He would come in and want violence. He would come in and want, want a protest to, to fight back. And Dr. A.D. King, her father... And Martin Luther King would say, no, we're not going to do it. Yeah, they struggled. That's what a good man does. A good man always struggles. If everything is so easy, there's no growth. So getting back to your financial life, you get a choice. King Arthur flower should be burned at the stake out in the middle of the street. Just light it on fire. Here it is. Here it is. All purpose flower. King Arthur Flower, uh, King Arthur Flower. What a joke! Listen, you can do what you want. Don't don't go and uh, I don't know. Decide that one flower is better than the other. If you like it, you want to keep using it. You go ahead. I won't spend my money in a place like this. It's not satire. It's real. You see, because these companies don't have any moral foundation. Neither does Harvard, neither does Yale, Brown, Columbia. You can go on and on. They don't have any moral compass. They go, they put their finger up. Um, let's see, which way is the wind blowing? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Uh, today we believe in inclusion. Gavin Newsom is a great example of this. He did, we, today we believe in masks and you should have separation. Put his little finger in the air. And then he's at the French Laundry. Thousands of dollars. For him, and guess who? Um, the head of the California Medical Association? Doctors. So him and a bunch of uh, other people, females, men, mingling, talking, indoors, <gasps> with masks. What? No, they weren't. They weren't wearing any masks. But you and I couldn't. Why? Because he put his finger to the air. He said, that's what the people want. The people want masks. Or at least my left-wing people do. 
You see, the left wing has always been about that. Progressives, BLM. Listen, the concept of racism, look, we almost got over it. I don't mean 100%. I don't mean everything. I don't think we'll ever be. But you guys remember we elected a black president not once, twice, or at least a black appearing president, biracial president. Remember that? What else were they what else were they going to raise money on? Right? Listen, we'll come back and I'm going to talk about the NFL quarterbacks here in just a minute. And some more about your debt and credit card. How do I intertwine that? Stay with me. 888-99 retire. 888-997-3847. I'm Eric Hallaby on AM870 the answer. Security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Hey, welcome back to the show. Power, Thanks for staying with me. Glad that you're here. Talking about your family's finances, of course, getting out of debt. How does the world of politics, business, and now ready for this? Sports. We don't normally cover sports a lot, but I wanted you to understand a couple of things. What, what is there about 32? I'm going to, I'm going to be off. Probably. I think it's about 32 or, or so NFL teams. You guys remember when, when black quarterbacks w- just weren't any black quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, I don't know, 10, 20 years ago, whatever it was, Michael Vick was one of the first, probably one of the best, I think to this day. Uh, very bad behavior with dogs. I'm a dog lover uh, by far. Uh, I think my dog is one of the best dogs in the world. Do almost anything for her. And what he did with dogs was horrible. Put that aside for a minute. Or if I can't put it aside, well, well, listen, you got to. Because he wasn't paid to be a good person. He was paid to be a good quarterback. He was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Had his problems. I think it was the Falcons, if I'm not mistaken. If you're not a sports person, stay with me. Here's why. You see, there was a lot of push. Why aren't there black NFL coaches? Why aren't there black NFL quarterbacks? Today, this year, we started 14 out of 32. And if you're not sure, by the way, there's some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But guess what? Has nothing, nothing to do with their race. Who cares? Somebody keeps track of this. But who cares? If they're black or white or tall or Asian, why aren't there Asian quarterbacks in the NFL? We, we need to protest. What? There, there's, no, there's, no, there's, more, there's more Hispanic people in the United States underrepresented in the NFL and, by the way, while we're here, the NBA. I don't see, except for Zhao Ming, right? There's no Asian players what 510 in the NBA what what is this underrepresented oh era uh, uh, that's not a good narrative okay let's go back then 14 out of 32 in case you're not sure that's right in the neighborhood of i don't know let's go three times 10, 40% maybe something like that Nearly half, not quite, of the NFL 
quarterbacks are black. If that's a thing, if you have to worry about that, that they represent 13, 14% of the population, right? If you're going to run around and do all King Arthur, all purpose flower, Harvard and Yale, black graduations, black. And then you're going to tell me, oh, you can't say the word black if you're not black, African-American if you're not African-American. What do you do to the average person who just says, listen, are you a good person? Right? I, I, <laughs> so cliche. I have black family members. I have black friends, gay friends, gay straight. What I don't have is a lot of liberal friends. I don't know why. They just seem to go away. Right? Because the moment they wear a mask and I said, listen, you can't wear a mask in my house. What? I go, listen, it's silly. You've lived 46 years of your life without wearing a mask. And now you're going to wear a mask. You can't. Oh, my gosh. It's safe, safe, safe. I go, listen, you need to wear a helmet between here and the car because you're leaving because you don't get to wear a mask in my house. And and if you're going to be safe, you need a helmet between here and the car. There's a sidewalk. My gosh, it could be cracks and trees. Space junk has fallen down before meteors. Get that helmet on between here and the car. You have a great day. And stay safe. think about this for a second you have to have this perspective in your life if you're going to be decent fair and honest where are the jewish quarterbacks in the nfl oh wait how about if we just say if you're good enough to play basketball you're good enough to play basketball what do they care about in the nba winning winning quarterbacks winning Coaches winning. Do you understand that? Businesses making money. Businesses make, making money. The NFL tried this whole crazy BLM take a knee. What happened to their revenue and their viewership? Dropped. Because most of Americans couldn't care less. They just say, hey, is that a good quarterback? He's our quarterback. Is that our coach? He's our coach. That's what they care about. It's the racist pigs on the left. Now, listen, you have two choices in life, just so you know. And it isn't, by the way, sticking around and doing what you're doing. That choice is over. 2024 is here. You have two choices. If you don't like what's going on, you have to get involved. Now, that could be sending in a check for $5 a month or a year, whatever you can afford, into the campaigns or or the different for the people that are standing up. You have to do that. Get involved. Uh, go lick stamp. I can't afford it. No problem. Go lick stamps, envelopes, walk precincts, hang up doors, be educated about the issues, like learn and go to debate club where you learn this and then they say that. Well, here's why that's wrong. They go back and forth, right? That's what you do. Get involved. Oh, you don't want to do that? You think you can just keep on bebopping along and whining to your Fox News television show, then you have to leave. You have to leave California. It's okay. You can go different places. My gosh, people go to Las Vegas and Tennessee and Florida and and Idaho, Texas. You have to leave because you're disingenuous as a conservative or even ready for this, just a common sense person. Oh, I'm just going to stay here and be a victim and a bigger minority next year and a bigger minority next year. Selma, Alabama, those folks said we're done doing nothing. Did all of them stand up? No. 
No, many of them said, listen, I'm afraid. Others said, I'm afraid, and they did it anyway to the civil rights movement. Right, the biggest curse in the American history is slavery, of course. But you had Northerners fight, white people fight. You had black people fight. You had the largest slaveholder in the history of the South was a black woman. Wait, let me say that again in case some of you, you know, put your coffee down. Ready? The largest slaveholder in American history was a female black. Well, there was probably, I don't know, 11 or 12,000, something like that, slaves over the course of our history that were owned by black people. Slavery is abhorrent, not white people. Slavery is abhorrent, even when the Irish were slaves, even up north, by the way. Oh, indentured servitude. Today, right now, today, this moment, 2024, ready? Asians, Chinese specifically, are slaves in kitchens, in, in uh, well, you guys know it, in sex work. Right? They come over thinking they're going to have a better life. Right now, children are trafficked. It's slavery. Can they get up and go? No, they can't. Of course, it wasn't the same. But does it have to be to be just as evil? You guys are making money. You're going to leave money to your children or charities or spouse or cousins. You got to get involved. Because the bad stuff is coming. You heard me at the beginning. 56 million people in, in debt. Delinquent debt, by the way. That means they were supposed to pay on the first and they haven't. You see, here's the difference. When they stop student loan payments, 2020, we're going to do you a favor, stop rent. You don't have to pay rent. Evil, wrong, absolutely wrong. You have to pay your rent. It doesn't matter what Joe Biden or Gavin Newsom says. You cannot stay if you do not pay your rent. It's what happens. Listen, Eric, if I can, I got laid off, I got injured. All right, listen, then we'll work on a transition over the next couple weeks, but you got to go. Why wasn't that the, the mantra of conservatives? Oh, because we don't want to hurt people's feelings because math and feelings are kind of like the same thing. You've heard me say that Republican Party in the state of California is a joke. I mean, it's even worse than a joke. right? The Democrat Party in Texas or Tennessee or Florida at least has some courage. The Republican Party in the state of California just wants your money. They're not doing anything. Nobody's standing up. Because as soon as they do, they go, racist. Oh, my, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. Bigot. Oh, 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 you're right, right, right. Let me, sorry, sorry. If you're not going to get involved, you should leave. Listen, if you're in your mid-70s to late 70s, it's, it's probably too late to leave because it's hard to move. And I understand that. Eric, all my kids and all my grandkids are within a five-mile radius. I understand have a family meeting. No, but most of my kids, because they went to this silly Cal State UC, they're all liberal coming out. Okay, good. Then have a conversation just about the facts. California is in $500, $600 billion just in their pension debt. 
What do you think they're going to pay that from? Somebody's got to figure this out because you guys have to decide. This is not easy. Oh, Eric, if you don't understand, I love the weather. I get it. So what? <laughs> what does that mean? Pay for it? You're going to pay for the weather? Is it that much? Maybe it is. For you, it is. You do it. But you can never say or complain about anything because you didn't do anything about it. You see, complaining without action is whining. And when you were two years old, what did your mom tell you? Don't whine. Stop whining. Remember? Remember, remember? That's what they said. See, what happens is when they stop paying student loan debt, the students didn't save the money. Former students even. Right? What did they do? They spent it. They went back. Remember I just said you cut coupons. Silly, don't cut coupons. You're never going to become successful cutting coupons. Now, if you cut coupons and you save the money, cut coupons, pay off that debt, cut coupons, eliminate your your credit card. Okay, now I'm talking. Now we can do it. But if you're going to cut coupons so that you can get the upgraded NFL package, you're crazy. Remember Colin Kaepernick, NFL is racist, racist, pigs, racist. Like, no, no. Okay, first of all, you were raised by a white couple. Number two is, if you were a good quarterback, they probably would have kept you. Why? Because everybody cares more about winning. Nobody cares about race. The NFL does what? The NFL, Jerry Jones, it doesn't matter. They care about winning, making money. Do you realize that? BLM spent your money on big fancy houses. BLM leadership. Yeah, the, the street protester, okay, they probably had some socialist agenda. I get it. But you can't have a socialist agenda and go buy a fancy car. Unless you are more like a communist, which is kind of a governmental system, right? Socialist is the econ economic system. Communist is the governmental system that goes with it often. And what does it do? It's very simple. They say that I can have it, but you can't. You see, the leadership of where you choose to spend your money and have deference needs to understand how you feel. And if you're afraid because every time you stand up, oh, well, we can't have you here. How many teachers are being uh, fired and laid off? Give money to these organizations, the law firms, Harmeet Dillon and others, plenty of others, by the way, that stand up for fired coaches who almost always win. You understand that. Almost always win. You can't pray with your team on the fired. You're fired if you pray on the field. Fired. Oh, wait, you get your job back and a lot more money and the school district is repudiated. I like that idea. Oh, but it costs money. So these poor folks go broke in many cases. So wouldn't it be great if you kind of created a way to say, listen, I'm going to help give a little bit of money. I'm just going to help give a little money to help the law, uh, the, the, the lawyers. Yeah, the lawyers drive nice cars, lives in, live in fancy homes. Uh, absolutely. They believe in this. And maybe they believe in the dollar just as much. But if you show me a law firm that keeps winning, I don't mind them driving a fancy car with my money. Just win. Because guess what law firms want? The same thing as the NBA. 
Why doesn't the NBA have two Asian players, one black player, and two white players on the field at any on the court at any one time? Why not? Right, one Hispanic. What what would it be? Maybe two Hispanics, one his one white, uh, two what? No, no. They say here's the ball. Let me see how you dribble. Oh, you do a great job. You win. You win the spot. You win the you. Oh wait, you work harder. What did Michael Jordan say? Very simple. He said, "Oh, what do you think about you know racism and this and and homeless that?" I think it was a quote that it was attributed to him. Could be an urban legend, but no matter what, it's an amazing quote. He said, "You shouldn't be homeless or without a job or unemployed if you can say this." Hi, welcome to McDonald's. Would you like fries with that? That's it. Because then you learn. You learn to show up on time. You learn to do what you're told. You learn how to do above, beyond average and, and then stand out. And then you get promoted. And then you, you learn that work ethic and you get continue to learn. Today, you can learn on any... Remember, it was about learning, learning, learning. We're going to pay for scholarship. Native Americans don't pay for anything. We're going to give them scholarship. Why? Because they didn't have a chance. Okay. Black people. Okay. Hispanic. Yeah. Poor. Yeah. We're going to give money, give money, give... Uh, rich white kid. Sorry. Okay, fine. I don't think you should give money to anybody. Let them work. Then what? Today we made it free. Education is free. Free, free, free. No, no, no. I don't mean in those silly brick buildings. I mean the free iPad, tablet, laptop that you were given in elementary school, by the way. Your your money spends on these. And, and what percentage are broken by the end of the year? Who knows? And they're downloaded with software being tracked by who? Yeah, yeah, the the book companies. Other organizations are tracking software on what your children, how long they spend on. And then they use that data, Facebook and, and Apple buy it and other companies. Oh, it's illegal error. Doesn't matter. They still do it. But I digress. Let's go. Listen. You said it was about education. Let's give education for free. I can now learn any language. I can learn to build a nuclear reactor. I can learn about history and governmental this and policies that and whatever. Anything I want with one of the half a dozen good search engines out there on any Apple slash tablet slash, you know, IBM piece. It doesn't matter. I can learn anything about anything. So didn't you tell me this whole thing about giving iPads and, and tablets to kids in elementary school, inner city, and you show minority children playing with that? Yay, look at them. But you, you said it was about education. Then why are we still paying for college or giving subsidized student loans? I, I don't get it. Tell me the circle again. Because it seems like we just solved that problem. Why, why are we making another problem? How many student loans are delinquent? We're coming up on $2 trillion of paid uh, of student loan debt. Hundreds of billions with a B, billions of dollars. Hundreds of billions of dollars are delinquent. Listen, if you want to pay for education... You want to get subsidized. I can't afford it. I have a, here's what you do. Oh, Eric, if you work hard, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, you can apply. Yeah, Harvard wants you, Arif. Oh, they do. Thank you so much, Harvard. 
I'm going to go to Columbia instead. Okay, great. Thank you, Columbia. So what we're going to do, Arif, is we are going to guarantee the student loan. We believe in you so much. We're going to require this. From, you know, listen, you're going to have to show up. No partying, right? You get, you get one day off a week, two days off a week, but you better be studying. You're going to work here on campus. And when you graduate, you owe me. You owe us, says Columbia or Harvard or Stanford, University of Texas. Doesn't matter. They should be the ones carrying the debt. You're the ones selling the product. Why would I go buy something from Walmart and have a Ford dealership guarantee the product? You're like, but it has nothing to do with it. Doesn't matter. See, because it used to be, well, Arif, an educated population returns dividends and tax yield benefits for the citizens and the country. And the, oh, yeah, before we had every single educated degree that you wanted is now online and has been probably for a decade, just so you know. And the cost of college has outpaced inflation. Listen, if you're a university and you believe in my my uh, European art history background, then here's what you do. You pay for my school. Let me go out and be a curator. Le- le- whatever, you, whatever I can do with your degree, and I will pay you back. But you and I, it's a contract between me and the school. Arif, it's in the government's best interest. Well, here's what you do to the poor. Listen, poor people. I was one of them. I couldn't afford to go straight to a, a UC campus. I had to do it at community college. So that's what you do. You say, hey, here's what it is. Kids, uh, you're broke. You can't afford it. No problem. Parents didn't save money. Parents struggled. Parents are immigrants. Got it. Here's what you do. Very simple. You go to a community college. We're already giving it to you for free anyway. And you don't have to buy these silly books that where the, the school district... The board of directors are in cahoots. The principal's in cahoots with the uh, with the book companies. Forget that. Cost pennies on the dollar to download it to my tablet or my computer. So there's my textbook. I'm at a two-year college. I, I achieve certain grades. And the government says, listen, here are the five uh, degrees, five areas that we are willing to give student loan money and grants for that matter. Science, technology, engineering, mathematics, robotics, whatever, medicine. You're a poor kid and you can't afford to go to college. We will give you the money provided you take this path. You go to a two-year community college. We pay for it. Let me see your grades. Yep, keep going. Let me see your grades. Yep, keep going. All right, you ready? Yep. Go to a four-year school, finish the next two years. The government will assist, give you grants, tuition, loans. You better be having something skin in the game here. But not for English. I love English. Make my living speaking English. But it has nothing to do with why you should have a $100,000 student loan debt. You're not a bad person. You're not evil. We don't need any more marketing, by the way. Hedge fund managers, we got enough of them. You want to go spend your own money and go straight to a four-year school? Your mom and dad saved money. Your, your parents want to sell off one of their rental properties and give you a free ride. You go for it. You can do that. Go, go, go. It's your money. You want to go party all the time and spend the money that you saved mowing lawns, uh, drinking and jumping off of uh, you know second-story apartment buildings? Not that I ever saw that when I worked at UCLA. By the way, I did. 
or the, the fraternities at Cal State Northridge. Yeah, saw that. That was fun. Why do you think my kids never went there? Not bad people, just not a great experience. Why do I want to take another sexual assault report at any one of my police stations from college students from a variety of places? No, thank you. Oh, but Eric, if it's about the experience, fine. You go to two years and then the government will consider you for one of those other two year, right? The four year deal. Go. You know how quickly we would solve the problem? You know how quickly the administration and these bloated, yes, bloated professor and administrative salaries would happen at the four year level? Eric, if I don't, no, no, let's go back. 56 million people are delinquent on their debts. Do you think some of them have student loan payments? Some of them are in college? Short answer is yes, 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 and then again, yes. You see, this is just common sense. Eric, if it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it does, because heaven forbid you actually shortchange minority students. They tried to shortchange black quarterbacks, and look at them. Coaches, uh, Mike Tomlin, I can give you others if we didn't have the music going. I, I, we have great people. Remove that silliness. And now you end up with ex- excellence in a nation where excellence needs to be a priority. Stay with me after the break. I have your emails. I'm Eric Hallaby. After the break, the Total Financial Hour continues. On AM870, The Answer. Learn about financial power. Security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Halaby. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Arif Halaby, the total financial hour. Triple eight ninety nine retire eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. Hey, let me give you the uh, upcoming February fourth. 10 a.m. It's a Sunday. Uh, The police state movie. We're paying for it. We're bringing it to you. Um, You know, you've heard me say, put your money where your mouth is. You've heard me say, do something, make a difference. Well, this is part of that, I guess, that, that part of what I care about, right? Which is you making, standing up, making a difference. You have to figure out a couple of things in life. What is it that matters to you? What is it that's going to make a difference? What is it that is ultimately do you want to stand for, I guess? And so for me, this is something I can do. Dinesh D'Souza, Dan Bongino put together this movie, amongst others. There's a lot of private investors uh, behind the scenes. I'm not one of them, so I'll tell you that much. But I do think you need to understand a couple of things. A police state movie, of course it's going to be a function of their points of view. But could it still be true? I think it is. I want you to come take a look at it. February 4th, 10 a.m. I'm paying for it. Yeah, you get some popcorn. As Dennis just said, it was kind of nice of him to do that for us. It's going to be in Glendale. So give us a call at 888-997-3847. 888-997-3847.
888-99-RETIRE, 888-99-RETIRE, 888-99-RETIRE. All right, here's a couple of things that matter that, that to you that I think you also should be covering this, at least the first half of the year. Number one is the, the political world is going to settle in, right? You're going to start to see a few things happen. Joe Biden will not be running for president. By the way, I did lose the steak dinner. I'm still working on when I'm going to go, uh, when I'm going to have to treat somebody to it, because I thought Joe Biden would have stepped down by the end of the year. He's a stubborn son of a gun. I thought he would try to, or at least his handlers. He did, they could have told him he was still president, just kind of had a pretend helicopter and let him walk around a, a house that was white, and he didn't have to know it wasn't actually the White House. But instead, he stayed. So, okay, well, surprise. I don't think he's doing anything there. I think we all know that it's Valerie Jarrett, Susan Rice. It's the Obama team that's in place. Layers deep inside of the FBI, layers deep inside of the agencies. They're running the show. It's incredible to me how powerful President Obama is. It's, it's incredible to me. Who will it be? Well, as far as running for office, I've heard Gavin Newsom as vice president, Gretchen Whitmer out of uh, Michigan as presidential candidate. That's what we're hearing. We'll see if it's true. If, if not, you heard it here first, and then I would be wrong again. So don't take my bets to, beg, uh, my bets to Vegas, but think something is wrong somewhere. He's not really running a campaign. He doesn't have the stamina. He's trying to create some other little distraction. He's waiting for a black swan event, which is an event that just like the pandemic was, right? It was literally a black swan. Well, what the heck? And then you have experts. You pay experts like Anthony Fauci and uh, Mrs. Burke. I think her name was, uh, I forget her first name, right? And, And what you do, she, I think, is the one even though behind the scenes you can see her emails now, she was the most uncomfortable with the depth of the lie that there was a six feet thing that mattered and that the masks actually worked. She knew that that was dishonest, but you know, she wasn't running the show. She certainly didn't like president Trump, by the way, you could tell that by her body language. But I think what you need to do is understand that whoever's in office if they don't have the courage, they don't have the ability to stand up. And you, you know that's what it is, by the way. Right? Because Nikki Haley, I, I think she's a great person. If she's the candidate for the Republican Party, I'll vote for her. Do I think she's more of a conservative or more of a rhino? I would say rhino. Not because I think she's bad or evil, but I think she's malleable. But people change when they get into power, right? You know, You understand... Supreme Court Justice John Roberts, he changes when he gets into power. He's become that that vote in the center. For whatever reason, Republicans seem to get the chief justice in there, like Rehnquist, right? He was supposed to be a conservative judge, and he was for quite a long time, and in most things. But he certainly wasn't 90-10. He was probably 60-40, maybe 50-50, right? What was Rehnquist going to do? Was he going to flip the court this way or that way? So John Roberts seems to want to be that guy in the center. Not reliable as a conservative pro-constitution guy anymore. So what do you think? Well, I think whoever is the Republican nominee, you need to figure out one thing and one thing only. What are you going to do to ensure that they win? It's not going to be your person. Maybe not, right? It could be Ron DeSantis. I think he's an amazing Florida governor. Not a little bit. Standing up to the Reedy Creek, Reedy, R-E-E-D-Y, Reedy Creek. Oh, there, I don't know what that is. That's a semi-autonomous 
governmental agency that manages, I don't know, thousands of acres, many, many, many square miles in Orlando area, in Florida, that doesn't report to the governmental association called the state of Florida or the counties that it's in. It ran its own mini governmental agency from law enforcement to EPA type rules to labor rules. The amount of corruption payoffs that Ron DeSantis has discovered in that agency and Disney, everybody was like, oh, don't mess with Disney. Oh, you don't understand. Don't mess with Disney. How unfair Disney was treating Universal and some of the other theme parks in that area, in the Florida area. There's, there's a lot, by the way. Disney is just one of them. There's many, many, and I'm not talking about just Epcot. So for, for Ron DeSantis to have, ready for this, it's the C word, courage. I don't think he's, I don't think there's a question that he would have courage. I think that's a great attribute to have. Can he win? I think he could win in the country. Can he win the nomination? I don't know. He got off on the wrong foot. I'm just a, just a, it's, it's kind of an avocation for me, right? I'm a good spectator. I love to watch the sport. Man, there's always backroom dealings happening. And I think if you're going to watch any kind of uh, political, if you care about anything to do with political, you have to go and watch uh, House of Cards. I don't know what it's, I think it's on Netflix or Prime or maybe you have to buy it now. Why do I say that? Not because I think uh, Kevin, what's his name, is, is a decent guy, nor is Robin Wright Penn, who changed her name back to Robin Wright. Uh, no, no. Those people are generally left-leaning wackos, in my opinion. But it will show you how the inner workings of politics actually works. And you'll get a chance to realize there are no saints. You cannot be perfect. You have to have conversations behind closed doors that you could never have in public. You have to realize that certain news outlets have agendas. I know this doesn't shock many of our listeners. But I think it's helpful for you to realize some of the backroom dealing that has to be done. Right? As they say, enjoy the sausage. Don't watch how it's made. Okay? Very important. If you do that, you got a secondary choice here. Because if it's President Trump, if he's the nominee, I think the left wing, I think the progressives, I think the, the socialists, which, by the way, if you're, if you're not clear, they've already let their soldiers in. I mean, that's what the southern border is. Right now, the FBI has reported somewhere in the neighborhood. Ready for this? This is, this is the FBI in congressional public testimony. What is he saying behind closed doors? Who knows? 10,000 military-aged known bad guys. Like known. That's what we know for sure. Not the ones that snuck to the right or the left. The guys, 10,000. So you've heard me say, listen, you better have a way to protect you and your family. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means, uh, you know, learning self-defense. I don't know if that means having a, a legal firearm in your home or, or concealed carry, if you can do that. I, I don't know. But I think you better not just have something, but learn how to use it. 
right? I can, I can say, hey, welcome up, dress you in a white gi, have you come to the front of a, of a mat? When I used to teach martial arts, I would have people come up and, and they'd have to demonstrate and then they would receive a black belt, right? I mean, this was years. It, was, it didn't happen overnight. But let's say you just walked in the room. I put a white gi on you, had you walk up and I gave you a black belt. Does it mean you are, well, you have a black belt. It, it is, it's black. Yeah, all right. But what the heck does it have to do with your skill set? Right, just like you can go purchase a firearm and a thousand rounds of ammo and, and oh, you got the best of the best and oh, I, I paid extra for this model versus that model. So what? If you don't know how to use it, you don't practice. And I don't mean just once. You have to be skilled. Know the laws. Know the, know the trouble you can get into if you don't do it. Don't follow the rules. Right? The rules are there. I didn't make them. You have to know how to abide, uh, abide by the law. Okay, this is important. Preparation. You've heard me say this over and over again. I don't know. You have a little bit of cash at home. I don't know how much. Don't make them all $100 bills. Fives and tens and twenties because remember the earthquake? Right? I was a police officer happened to be in Northridge Division. It's called Devonshire Division when the earthquake hit. I remember liquor store owners and grocery store. Sorry, we don't have change. Here's a $100 bill. Well, then that's, I guess, what a gallon of milk costs because I don't have change. Did you want the milk or you don't want the milk? Right? So when you have fives and tens and ones, it's easier and better. During the riots, parts of South Central LA, Inglewood, and other parts, not just the electricity was shut off, but I remember at three o'clock in the morning, Arlington and Crenshaw, I'm sitting there and a tow truck was stolen by somebody and they had an ATM machine with a chain attached to it flying down the, down the hallway, uh, the, the highway scratching up the road like nobody's business because it's bouncing around and it's taking out parked cars and thinking, you got to be kidding. I don't know how the, the ATM system works, but this guy got away with an ATM machine. Maybe there was some money in it. Maybe there was no money in it. But imagine if there's bad days and you need to go get money out of the ATM and it doesn't even, there's a big hole in the wall. Right? What are you going to try to break into a bank? Come on now. So I want you to have protection there have water at home have safety and food right just just basics i don't mean store up a bunker in the backyard that's silly but when we had the russians are coming the russians are coming in the 50s and 60s remember that some people had bomb shelters that people knew to save water and and food and staples right barrels of flour and sugar back then there was a lot of scratch uh, cooking so just think twice about this stuff be fit. Air if I'm, I'm overweight. Air if my joints hurt. I got it. Do something. Walk. Air if I can only walk uh, from this house to the next house over and come back. Great. You do that over and over. Then the next time you go to the middle of the next house and you do that for four or five days. Then the next day you walk in the morning and the night and you go to the next house. When I was training for the police academy, I was 21 years old. I was very athletic in high school, but between high school through college, I wasn't. I mean, I still was fit. I was a swimmer. But I wasn't a runner. And I had spent now, at that time, 21, probably two years not being super active because I was working so many jobs, trying to save money. And they said, oh, listen, you better be able to run five miles in the police academy. I said, no problem. I remember um, 
living at home still, right? I wasn't married yet. I'm 21 years old. I get dressed with my fancy sneakers. Probably bought it on credit, I'm sure. My shorts. My shirt. I think I even had a headband. I said, all right, mom, I'm going to go running. I leave the house. I don't know how far I got. It, it wasn't even a quarter of a mile. And I had to walk back. And it looked like, uh, you know, I'd been baked in an oven. I was so red. And I was, <gasps> my mom said, are you okay? I was like, <gasps> yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I was like, I didn't even run a, a quarter of a mile. But I wanted to be a police officer. And mostly because I wanted to be married because I found the woman of my dreams and I was making $8 an hour, which was more than minimum wage back then. But I was smart because I had a watch calculator and my little watch. I did the calculations. I said $8 an hour times 40 hours a week. Never can I afford an apartment or a house. So I said, I better get a better job. If I could figure that out at 21, why can't some people figure it out at 45? The minimum wage is just kind of not supposed to be the thing to raise a family. So what did I do? I just kept training. I went a little further, a little further. And that's how I did it. I did it by driveways, believe it or not. Today, I did that driveway. And then next day, I did a little further driveway. And of course, fast forward, uh, what, maybe five years? Six years. Six years, I was teaching at the academy, PT. Running up the hills through... Craziness, by the way, because it was always cold or hot. But yes, you can do it. You got to get fit. Whatever that looks like to you, you got to get strong, whatever that looks like to you. All right, enough of that. I'm just worried stuff is coming down the road and some of you that choose to fight are going to have to really fight. I don't mean you know, emotionally and spiritually, but you're going to have to fight to protect you and your family. All right. Here's a couple of things. I want to give you an email here that I received. It's not going to take that long to do. So I can finish it in the next 10 minutes because I want you to realize the concepts. Dear Eric, my wife and I are retiring in three months and we're moving to the state of Tennessee. We're selling everything and just moving our important items. The moving company wanted to charge us more than $30,000, but we found we can have a four, our four bedroom, two bath house, Moved for less, but we didn't know the trustworthiness of the company. Also, we're considering. Oh, uh, also, we're considering just packing up our important items, driving two cars, maybe three, and hauling a U-Haul type vehicle across the country. By doing so, we would probably sell or give away most of our furniture. It's all used furniture. And I can probably replace it for less. It's a true story, by the way, guys. All right. We're considering taking money out of our 401k and our IRA, fund, IRA funds so that we don't have to have a house payment. But I worried about taxes. We have saved about $50,000 for the down payment of the house outside of those retirement accounts. When I sell my house here, I should have about $400,000 after everything is said and done but it may take me a few months to sell. I also have the option of borrowing money from a friend for the down payment. I may want to pay off the house after the sale of my current home. All right. So Brent and Sue, here's the deal. I think you guys should not buy a house when you move to Tennessee. 
I get it. House prices are going up. I understand all that. But do you want to live on the north side of town or the east? The south or the west? Right? What side is a good neighborhood? I don't know what that means to you. What side is a better neighborhood? Where is your doctor? Your veterinarian for your your pets. If you, you didn't say you had pets, but let's say you do. Where are you going to go get your hair done? The shops. What church do you want to attend? Do you want to spend three hours every Sunday going back and forth to church because you found a great one, but it's in a different city? Probably not. And just so you guys know, and this is for everybody, if you're going to move back to a place that that has been around pre-Civil War, I don't mean in Arizona or even a Texas for that matter, but if you're going to go to North Carolina, you're going to go to Tennessee, realize that those places existed and they had horses and buggies and one and one and two lane roads. And now they're putting interstates. Sometimes there isn't, there isn't room. So you have a, a, a big highway that now goes through a town because the town has been there since 1890. And the roads are very tiny. I saw this in Maryland and in Virginia when I would go see clients there. Literally, I would fly in. And to get to where I needed to go, there was no highway. I had to go through literally neighborhoods, like no no center line uh, paint. Kids would be playing and you're driving. So if you wanted to go from one part of the state to the other in this area, it was the only efficient way to go. So now imagine everybody's going to work in that direction or everybody's coming home in the other direction. And you're going through this little neighborhood and you just bought a deal of a house in that neighborhood on a Sunday when nobody was driving by. And you go move in on the first day and you can't get into your driveway for 20 minutes because there's bumper to bumper cars. I've heard that happening. I think you have to understand. Look, there are some legitimate, 100% legitimate moving companies. But they cost money. 30, 30 40,000, I've heard. 70 for somebody to move a 4,000 square foot house and, and, some, uh, and a piano and some other things. And it was across the country. It was over to South Carolina. So you do the math. Does it make sense for you to move used furniture across the country? I don't know that. I would say for most of you, that's probably an easy answer. It's a comfortable couch. Yeah, it is. But surprise, they sell used couches on the other side. You go get it steam cleaned and you could buy, you could give away or sell your couch. You could save the 30 grand, move in a little uh, U-Haul type, you know, I don't know, a more generic term. I say U-Haul, but it's just like Kleenex. Maybe it's a, a different type of vehicle. How do you figure out what does it cost to not end up you just do the math. Take it and divide by and square root and figure out what does it cost to move? I'm still paying for gas. Don't forget, you're the one filling the gas in the U-Haul. The big trucking companies do the other thing. And yeah, you can find discounts. People think it's, oh, I found the cheapest, cheapest, cheapest. Forget. Remember, cheapest is quality. Inexpensive is price. Expensive, inexpensive. Cheapest is, is quality. Expensive as price. Okay. Here's where it really comes into play. I think until you live there at least six months, I'd prefer a year. But six months, I think you can get a good flavor 
of where your friends live. If you have relatives, do you want to live on this side of your relatives or that side? Do you want to live on the town just north of them or in the same town? And then here's what I would do. I would not pay it off, by the way. I get it. Interest rates are higher. At least you think they are, but they're actually average. This is a normal interest rate environment. Just because you're used to them being at 3 and 4% or 2.85, whatever, that's not normal. So the house prices will start to come down as they begin to move money out of the economy. The reason things are so expensive is because there's a lot of money to buy it. The reason people are paying cash for homes at, what, 50% of the time in most of the country is simple. It's because across the country, you can buy a house in New York or across the world in Hong Kong. They're coming with cash payments. You know that. Because there's just so much money floating around. You're like, oh, if I wish I had some. Well, most of the time, that's your fault. Doesn't mean you're bad or ugly or fat or skinny or tall or short. It doesn't mean any of that. Just means you made dumb decisions. So stop making dumb decisions. The great news is you can't say you didn't know anymore. Right, a hundred years ago, if I if I dropped into a farm and they said, "All right, Eric, uh, now you own a farm and you have cows and pigs and sheep and wheat and corn," I'm like, "Oh, I have no idea. How do I plant and what do I?" That's a legitimate concern a hundred years ago. Today, you can drop anybody in and they say, "Oh, great, hold on. How do I start a farm? How do I raise chickens? You get it? Yeah, you you actually have to learn." Well, you can learn how to be better with your money, too. So here's what I would do, guys. Ready? I think this is an important part. Number one, I think you should figure out what is your guaranteed retirement income, Social Security, pensions, annuity payments. What is that guarantee number going to be? I can take some of your other retirement account. I can take some of the other uh, IRAs and 401ks and, and move them around and get you some money guaranteed. Those, those are good things. But if you took the guaranteed number and then 75% of that, so let's just say the guaranteed number is $4,000 a month. All right. I'd be comfortable with principal, interest, taxes, insurance, no more than $3,000 a month. Now, it doesn't mean you don't have other income. You should. Some of the down payment, we should you can put it in an, and invest or create wealth or income or annuities. You can create another income stream. But if you just took 75% of that guaranteed, then if something goes down sideways or they say, hey, we're going to stop giving cost of living on your pensions because you have a California state pension, they have to make changes to it. It's not a secret. They have to cut them back. Now, will they do that for 40-year-olds or 70-year-olds? I don't know. But you can easily find a place to live and find out what the cost is to buy a house where you want to buy. And look, good news is in a few years, if rates come down, you just refinance. All right, be careful if you're going to move across country. I can give you a horror story after horror story with moving companies. I love it because you can always tell the moving company people that don't like my my posts or my comments because they always say, Eric, that's not right. There's great moving companies. Yeah, for 40 grand there are. Stay with me after the break. Eric Hallaby, 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. Be right back. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Financial security will help you live the life. 
life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about Hey, welcome back to the show. Power, the total Let me give you our email address. It's Arif, A-R-I-F, Arif, at T as in Tom, F as in Frank, S as in Sam. So TFS stands for Total Financial Solutions. All right, so Arif, A-R-I-F, at TFS, Wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H, W-E-A-L-T-H dot com. All right, uh, Arif at TFSWealth.com. All right, big deal as you're trying to figure out your, your financial life in this new year. One of the things that we're seeing over and over again is people are choosing to retire uh, the pension world is struggling, no question. Not all. Oh, Eric, you said, well, listen, not every single one. There's actually some decent pensions in the world. Believe it or not, probably a decade, maybe maybe 15 years probably by now uh, ago, Florida took uh, an action, much to the chagrin of a lot of em- employees, by the way. It wasn't very well liked by a lot of workers, and I understand it. But what they did is they took action to preserve the pension system. Whether they're going to modify it a little bit now over time, I don't know. But what they did is they said, this is the most you can make in your pension system, and we're going to cap it at this dollar figure. So what that means, well, then what do you do? Well, partly, look, there's a choice. You can put money into the Social Security system at a much higher rate. I get it. They mismanage it all day long. There needs to be a social security lockbox. Every time the president, every time Congress, congressmen and women run, they try, oh, we're going to secure social security. Lie, lie, big fat lie. Wrong, wrong, and big wrong again. They can't. They won't. They don't. Why? Because once they get in there and the, the, the books are opened up and you get an idea of how SOL we are, how, how horrible it is, you go, oh, wait a second. We've been using the Social Security Trust Fund to operate the federal government. So, of course, you can't put it in a lockbox. We spend more than we bring in. So that is a problem, and that is a big problem. Because there's only going to be about two, maybe three people putting into Social Security for everyone taken out very soon. And when that happens... You have to collect more money. You see, look, part of it is people are living longer. And you, you realize you might think that's a good thing, and it is if it's you or your family, but not good if you're Social Security, if you're one of the, the accountants that sit there with a calculator and a pen and paper and kind of run things, run the numbers. You go, wait a second. We didn't collect money from this guy back in 65, 70, 75, 80 when he was still working. We didn't collect enough money from him to pay him this much to keep going. So um, what are we going to do? The only way to save pensions and Social Security, number one, is to pull more money out of the system. You have to eliminate the fees that current pensions are being charged by the investment bankers. And just so you know, it is a lot of money. Just the state of California, if you remember last week, I was talking about it. We're right in the neighborhood of about... $35 billion a year in fees just to manage 
one or two of the, the state pension systems. I, I mean, it's, it's enormous. And all that to end up with about mm, most of the time less rate of return than they could have received by just putting money into the S&P 500. You, you realize that. 90%, 95% of the time, they don't even do as well as the S&P 500. So why are we paying such enormous fees? Because that, that hurts, right? It means you have to make up the losses, make up the fees, and then start making a profit. So you don't even make a profit. You start the race 100 yards back. Everybody else starts at the starting line. You're 100 yards back and go. You know how hard it is to catch up to that person and still finish the race as a winner? Very difficult. So I don't know what's going to happen to the pension system. Something has to change. It'll be the, the candidate with courage and with the communication ability to tell you we need to stop this. We need to do this. We can't give pay raises. Look, I, I told you, if I was king for a day knowing what I know, with the, the the math, the 28 years of experience, 10 years of, as an investor prior to that, if I could tell you what I would do to preserve everything from Social Security, very simple. I've, I've brought this up before, but for, for many new listeners, we get lots of new listeners every weekend. Here's what I would do to fix Social Security, and I know it would work because it's just a math problem. Number one, no longer can you collect it at 62. So if you're 59 years old or whatever, let's call it 59, you can start collecting at 62 because you're just going to be grandfathered in. But if you're 56, 7, 8, right, my age, you can't touch it at 62. You have to wait till 65. So that will give a period of time of less people pulling money out of Social Security. That's number one. The next that I would do is I would say you have to keep putting money into Social Security at a higher rate. So you can't, you don't just stop at 100 and I think it's 160,000 a year. We go to we go to four hundred thousand a year, four hundred thousand. That's a lot of money. Yep, sure is. But we're going to keep collecting Social Security from you. Yes, it's a tax increase. Yes, it's a tax increase on middle class. Yes, it is. But you have to have the courage to stand up and say, uh, "Here's Mary Sue. She's in a wheelchair. If you don't pay more taxes, she doesn't get a paycheck." You have to say that with legitimate dollars to back it up. So you're going to have to put in more money. I'd say 400000 but but you, the math will probably show that maybe three hundred is the sweet spot. So don't start Social Security at 62 anymore. Start it at 65. Continue to grow Social So if I have to put in more money, if I'm a $400,000 uh, income earner and I have to put in more money, I want my money to keep growing at a higher rate. So from 70 to 75, if I don't touch it, it grows at a much higher rate. So I can get six or $7,000 a month in Social Security at age 75. That's great. But that guy or gal still put more money in. But they're also closer to dying. Remember, I told you this is kind of yucky stuff. So their life expectancy is less, especially if you work longer. If you work longer, your life expectancy is less. I don't mean stay busy and have a purpose. I mean, physical work, right? The stress that goes with work. Most people don't manage that properly. So it's the same thing in law enforcement, right? The reason they want you to, to keep working for 30 years or till age 55, the last five years in fire and police, the stress on your body is much greater in some, some studies say than the previous 20 years. 
So we'll hold this carrot out and we'll give you 80%, 90% of your money at age 55. But they know the stress on your body that last five and 10 years. It's, it's just way off the charts. So they're not going to have to pay you forever, right? That's the little, little trick. And then the final thing I would do is I'd say, look, number one is social security. You can't collect it if you didn't put in for at least 12 years. So if you're 58 years old, you have two more years to work. If you, if you're not going to be able to do it, then you have to work past 60, 62, 65. Delay it for three years, require two more years of work. Oh, but Eric, you don't understand. I do. I do. But you guys keep voting for those Democrats and Republicans, the rhinos, right? The, the establishment people who take from you, who just signed off on this debt, and I love Kevin McCarthy for a lot of things, but not that. I don't know if I would have bounced him out, but I can t certainly tell you that he wasn't doing conservative work when he kept approving this budget and pushing it through. Why? Because he didn't have the courage. Right? You have to have the courage to stand up. People are going to yell at you, call you names. You have to have the communication ability. You have to have the machine, the mission. Get out there and tell people what the media is telling you is wrong. But he signed off on that, that bill. So they're going to keep spending money both left and right. You need conservatives to conserve the nation and the country. So those are some things I would do. Pension world, same kind of thing. Limit the amount that people could receive. Have a greater amount of dollars contributed. There's some things that you can do. Maybe require pensions to start putting into Social Security so like the post office, right? If you work for the post office, you receive a pension. If you put money into the 401k, it's called a thrift savings plan. You receive a thrift savings plan or 401k and you receive social security. So if you manage your money properly and you have a, let's call it a 30 year career, right? 25 to 35, uh, sorry, 25 to 55. So a 30 year career, you could actually have a, a pretty comfortable retirement, even more than you were making when you were working. So do you follow me? If, if it's managed properly, maybe that's a solution. I just want your retirement accounts to last. Pensions, Social Security specifically. Because to a person, I see you, you walk into the office and you're a human being to me. You're not a bunch of numbers. You're not a spreadsheet. So that matters. All right. Uh, we focus on safety, by the way. That's a big deal for me. So my job is to get you guaranteed sources of income, to supplement your retirement income so that you never run out of money. Big deal. Right? That's an important part. So let's go over this here. Uh, dear Arif, I'm 71 years old, never been married. I retired two years ago from a career within the entertainment industry. I do have an IAP, I'm going to pause for a moment, individual account plan, also known as an individual annuity plan, all right? The IAP is pre-tax money. Still pausing for a minute, not continuing with the email. What the IAP does is this. It takes your money, invests it for a fixed rate of return usually, and for every hour you work, so if you were a cameraman or a grip, 
if you were a gaffer, if you were a producer, associate producer, right, depending on what union, if you had an IAP, when you worked, for every hour you worked, they put, let's say, 75 cents, maybe a dollar twenty. They put it off to the side into, a, in a, into an account. So when you work 10, 20, 30 years, the account grows and grows and grows, and it becomes pretty substantial. You can take it. You can roll it over to an IRA. You can spend it. You can do all sorts of things with it. All right. All right. I want to continue now. I rolled, I, uh, okay, I do have an IAP that I rolled over to an IRA. That's $290,000. My union pension is about $2,900 a month. And I receive Social Security. It's $3,100 a month. I have one rental duplex that is paid off and nets me about $3,000 a month. All right, so you guys see that? It's about $9,000 altogether. All right, I want to continue. I do need another $1,500 a month so that I can travel, enjoy life, and not have to worry about anything. I don't have any specific beneficiaries, and I don't care about leaving a lot of money behind anybody. So my question is this. First, should I, take, should I make the trust a beneficiary? Also, can I have the IRA pay me about $1,500 a month just from that number? Also, how do I make sure there is enough money to make a trust able to last a long time? All right, I want to use concepts here, but you understand the J. Paul Getty Museum, part of that, the reason for it, its existence is Mr. Getty was a billionaire by the time he was 29 years old. He liked art. He wanted to make art available to the masses, to people that couldn't afford to go to Italy or France. So he said, I'm going to create a museum if you know where PCH is, Castle Mar, they used to have the J. Paul Getty Museum was there. They moved it all up on the hill there. A couple of fun facts. I was a police officer in West L.A. when they were building that thing. And the community down below didn't want these dirt trucks coming and going because they would have to move tons and tons of dirt. Probably thousands of tons, if I'm not mistaken. So what they did is they made them build a road inside of the mountains, buy extra land, and the trucks never came down. They just filled a big valley. So they went over to the left, down down in, turned. So they never came down that mountain. They just stayed up there, took the dirt from one place to another. Okay, that's important because that was all done with the mechanism called a trust. I mean, there's corporations and other things involved, but remember concepts. So he's not alive anymore, as we can imagine. He's over, would have been over 100 and something years old. 120 or 130, but, but what he does, what he has done is this created a legacy. Now you're not going to have billions of dollars. Most of us, most likely, but you can create a trust that lasts a very long time. A revocable living trust can have a mechanism in place that when you pass away, it's irrevocable and lives forever or however long you want it to live five years, 10 years, 20 years. So here's one of the options. You should make the trust the beneficiary. Depending on the total value, in other words, sell everything and go into this trust, well, it could be your IAP, your primary house, and his rental property, his duplex. Maybe together that's, I don't know, $4 million, let's say, by the time he dies, $5 million. That should be enough for a professional trustee. What is a professional trustee? Well, banks, wealth management institutions, I don't mean your broker, but a wealth management institution, 
like a big, large bank or law firms. There's plenty of law firms that are professional trustees. Now they do charge a fee. It's usually a minimum fee plus a percentage, something like that. So you have to budget. That's why if you had $100,000 in your trust and you wanted it to be managed by a professional trustee, it wouldn't make financial sense. It'd be silly. But if you had a professional trustee for $10 million, it might make sense, right? So somewhere in there, the numbers will work. You'll have to reach out and find who they are. I would recommend that if you have enough assets, probably $5 million and above today, maybe, but speak to your, your estate planning attorney or your financial professional and ask them, who do you recommend as a professional trustee? because I'm gonna have X amount of dollars, or I have a special needs child, or my kids right now are just immature and, and not good with money. So I don't wanna give them money. Certain things have to happen before I give them any wealth. Right, that makes a lot of sense. Why would you poison your children? Right, I require my kids and my in-laws, I, I love them more than my own life, and most of you are parents, know what I mean by that. That's, it's, it's a hard thing to ever explain. But I want them to be educated financially. I don't want them to go make a bunch of dumb decisions and then wait for me and mom to die. Why would they do that? We're not going to give them anything if that's the case. And I want you to have the courage. I, I told my children, you guys are great people, but I'm not going to treat you equally. You're not, it's not like, oh, one-third, one-third, one-third. No, no, no. It doesn't work that way. If you mismanage your own money, why would I give you more? You, your, your respect for the money that you make is down here. That means the respect for the money that me and mom made can never be higher than that. God willing, we live another 40 or 50 years, but I don't know. So they're going to have to be responsible and have the respect for the money right decision-making most of the time, way up here. Because that's as close, that's, that's as best as it's going to ever get with any money that they inherit from me or my wife. Right? If you have an alcoholic, you don't give them a smaller drink. You just don't give them anything. Right? You understand that? So the whole concept of leaving it inside of a trust where there's a professional trustee is that professional trustee has quantitative judgment. They can go in and just look at the math. How much did you make, Joe? Okay, how much did you spend? Sorry, kids. You guys are in debt. Get your own debt under control. Work extra hours. Go get a second or third job. Whatever you have to do, downsize, sell your house, live in an apartment, I don't know. But you better get your finances under control because mom and dad put inside of the trust that if you don't, you get nothing. And there maybe is a window. Maybe you have five years to get your stuff in order. You have 10 years. You have three years. Whatever it is, prove to the trustee that you've been saving this much, investing this much, creating this much, earning this much. Right? Something like that. All right. Here's the other thing. What I would recommend, at 71 years old, it's a little difficult, but it's possible. I would recommend you get a life insurance policy to fund the trust. So for many of you, even if you're in your 40s, 50s, or 60s, and one of you two is healthy enough to qualify for a life insurance policy, and it does not require 
you know, washboard abs here. <laughs> Just know that. You could be a little bit overweight, a little high cholesterol, manage your heart, your blood pressure. Those, there's things like that. You can still get good policies and, and have the beneficiary be the trust so that when both of you pass away, the trust is now funded. It has money to provide whatever, whatever it is that you want to provide. So if you want a charity to be the trust, then I would indicate to that charity ahead of time that, hey, you're going to receive money from me. But I wouldn't tell them how much. They will try and ask. And it's in their best interest to know. And, and sometimes they would say, listen, if we get a general idea, then we want to we wanna honor you. We want to uh, show respect to you. We want to recognize you. And if you're into that sort of thing, great, you can do that. If you're not, that's okay too. Just tell them, no, just know that right now at this moment in time, I have you listed as a beneficiary. Uh, so, you know, if you want to call me once a year to see if I'm still around, great. But until I pass, the lawyer will reach out to you after that moment in time and tell you what your portion is. Because you're allowed to move it around. You can put more, you can put less, you can put more, you can put less. All right. But what do I not want you to do? I don't want you to give charities or churches or any organizations percentages. I had in my office uh, three entities that were given money by a single person from, uh, from happened to be from the entertainment industry, actually, he was an actor. Never had children, never married, and he did pass away. Had a, a few houses, rental properties. His primary residence was more than $2 million. I mean, it was a lot of money. And so as a certified estate planner, I'm sitting down looking at the trust and we're kind of putting in all the paperwork to, to pass it on. And one of the organizations kind of raises his voice, uh, raises his hand, if you will, and, and lifts his voice and says, hey, by the way, you assessed that house at $2 million. I said, well, I didn't assess it. An appraiser did. This is, I'm just doing the math here. I got a calculator. He says, well, we think based on our own appraisal, that the house is worth $2.4 million. I said, okay, well, that's nice. So because of that, we get a percentage. We get 40%. So I want 40% of my $2.4 million, which is an extra $160,000. And the others are saying, well, if you protest, it will hold up the distribution of all the funds. Instead of being grateful for what you receive, you think you should get more because percentages are subject to the actual dollars. So some organizations, some churches, some charities that are either going through tough times financially can actually hold up things by saying your, your estimate, look, if it's a bank account, it's a bank account. If it's a stock, it's a stock, whatever it is. But if it's usually real estate or a business or a patent, there's an appraised value and so if they don't accept it, then here it comes down the road as saying, you better come up with more money. So don't give them percentages. Give them dollar figures. This dollar figure goes to this charity, this dollar figure. And then whatever's left is split half and half. Or whatever's left goes to this charity. So that what you're doing is you're not putting this percentage pressure on making the estate more valuable than it is. Sometimes they'll hold it up and they'll cost the trust a lot of money in legal fees, by the way, because the trust has to pay the legal fees 
which means less money for everybody else involved. So sometimes people will capitulate and say, all right, fine, I just, just, just take it. Just give me, just whatever. Take your extra. And I actually had that in my office. Uh, it's probably been five years now. But All right. Consider that. Use life insurance to fund it. Don't give percentages. And consider hiring a professional trustee. Thanks for being part of the show, guys. Remember, February 4th, 10 a.m., it's a Sunday, in Glendale. Give us a call if you want to be part of the audience on Police State Movie. It's free of charge. It's us showing it to you. I think we'll even put in some popcorn. Police State Movie in Glendale, February 4th, 10 a.m., Sunday. Give me a call, 888-997-3847. That's 888-99-RETIRE. Thanks for being part of the show on AM870, The Answer. I'm Eric Halloween. Have a blessed week. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.